Lord, like Ajith prayed, we thank you for your word that we can hear from you, we can know you, because you have not left us without a testimony. We have your word, which speaks to us about the word, your son. I pray that we would know him more today. Please, Lord, would you help us to see who he is and listen to him. By the power of the Holy Spirit, the spirit he possesses in full measure, would you help us to receive him with full, joyful hearts. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. So Jesus is one of us. He's really one of us. He's really a man. But he's unique for his differences. He's God and he's man. He's not half God, half man. He's not some weird mixture of them. He's fully God and fully man. And that means he's, he's unique. And because he's unique, we should not try, this is what we've seen in the last few weeks, we shouldn't try to draw attention to ourselves away from him. We should be drawing attention to him because he's unique. If you're playing football out on one of these fields out here, football, for Americans, it's soccer. If you're playing soccer on one of these fields out here with a bunch of friends and Lionel Messi walks over and asks if he can play. He's, for Americans, he's also a soccer player, the greatest soccer player. And he wants to play, and you let him on your team. If someone passes you the ball, what are you going to do with it? You're going to hang on to it? No. You're going to pass it to him because he's the greatest of all time. And it's best for everyone on your team. It's best for everyone watching if you pass the ball to him because of his greatness. If you're setting up a concert like the Kennedy Christmas concert that happened last night, you're preparing the agenda, things that are going to happen, that the greatest singer in the world approaches you says, hey, I'd love to help with your Christmas party. Would you say, oh, thank you, but I've already got a solo plan, so it's unnecessary. I mean, you have to be crazy arrogant to think that people would rather listen to you sing than the greatest singer in the world. If Jesus walked in this room right now, do you think I would keep talking? No way. I would be off this stage. If I wasn't dead, I'd be on my face, and he can have the microphone because it's best for everyone. He's the one that everyone needs to hear. That's what John the Baptist did when Jesus showed up. Jesus showed up, and he said, you can have the microphone. His disciples said, you're losing your influence. You're losing your popularity. Everyone's going to Jesus. And John says, yeah, that's what's best for everyone. He told his disciples, if you remember last week's text, he told his disciples his joy. He wasn't just resigned to the fact that he needed to give up the spotlight for Jesus. It was his joy to do it, to hear the groom's voice. You remember that? This is verses 29 and 30 of last week. You can just stick your eyes up in your text. John's talking about himself as the friend of the bridegroom, and he says, the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, 
but I must decrease. So John the Baptist understands that he and you and I need to get out of the way so that Jesus gets all of the attention. In particular, that Jesus' voice gets all of the attention. You see how he puts the focus on hearing Jesus and the voice of the bridegroom? That's what's going to make you and me happy when we listen to him, when Jesus is glorified and he's heard. Our passage is going to explain why hearing Jesus is more important than listening to anyone else. That's what this text is about. What we're going to see is that the testimony of Jesus is special. It's special for three reasons. Because he's an eyewitness of the Father. Because he speaks the words of the Father. And because he has a special relationship with the Father. That's why his testimony is special, and then we're going to see at the end why his testimony matters to you personally. So let's start with why the testimony of Jesus is special, particularly the first reason, because he's an eyewitness of the Father. Now, just a note, in our passage, depending on what version of the Bible you have, the quotation marks end in different places. It's not clear whether John the Baptist is still speaking anymore or if John the Apostle has started speaking. So John finishes in verse 30, and now John the Apostle who wrote this book, this gospel, is explaining. Either way, we don't know. Is this John the Baptist still talking, or is this John the Apostle who wrote the book? Either way, this is an explanation of why Jesus needs to increase, why his voice needs to be heard, because that's where John the Baptist ended last week. Look at verses 31 and 32. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony So when John says, he who comes from above is above all, he's not simply saying that because Jesus comes from a really high place, he's more important. Like taller people are more important than shorter people. Praise the Lord, that's not true. Instead, he focuses on the fact that coming from from above changes the way that Jesus speaks. The focus is on speaking here. You can pick out most people in the UAE where they're from, based on their accent, right? You're listening to someone? You're from Delhi, aren't you? I thought you were British, but you're definitely South African. Or you sound like you're a Ghanaian because you're shouting. That's a joke for all you Ghanaians. John says, all of us sound like we're from here. But Jesus speaks differently than we do. He's from above. He has heaven's accent. And it's not just the way that he sounds. It's not the way he talks. It's the things he's seen and the things he's heard that he's able to testify about. See that? Verse 31. He who's from the earth belongs to the earth, speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard. So why should you listen to Jesus? Because this guy has seen things 
no one else has ever seen. Is there anything in particular that Jesus has seen that no one else has seen? The Father. It's not just that Jesus can describe to us what angel wings look like. He cares about that. He's seen the Father. Do you remember John 1.18? It's what the book started with. No one has ever seen God. And you should, you should think when you read that verse, oh, no. No one? The only God, talking about Jesus, who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. John 6, 46, Jesus says this, no one has seen the Father except he who is from God. He's talking about himself. He has seen the Father. You and I need to know God. That's what we need to see. That's what we need to hear about. He's where life, everything good that you've ever had an ache for, it's him, God. That's what you need. You need God, and you should think when you, when you hear it, no one's seen or heard him. Oh, no. We're cut off from the thing that we need. But Jesus has seen him and can make him known. He has seen and known the source of all joy, peace, rest, pleasure, contentment, He's the only one, and he wants to talk. Do you want to listen? He's an eyewitness of the Father. He has seen and heard heavenly things. That's why his testimony is special. Here's the second reason it's special. The testimony of Jesus is special because he speaks the words of his Father. Now, the end of verse 32 says, yet no one receives his testimony. When John says that, he means the majority of people. We know that because in verse 33, he's going to say some people do receive him. Verse 33, whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God. So some people do receive what Jesus has to say. And when they do, John is telling us they're setting their seal to this, that God is true. So setting your seal, it's a word picture. Has anyone here in the UAE had to have a document authenticated? Yeah. If you're here, you've had to have something authenticated, birth certificate, Marriage certificate, you graduate from preschool. You need that certificate authenticated. What do they do? They stamp it and they sign it. Now, in the ancient world, you could authenticate things by taking a little piece of wax and your special ring, and you could seal it. Setting your seal to it was your authentication. You're saying, this document is real. It's real. And that's what believers do when they receive Jesus. They're saying, God's truthfulness is displayed in him. Now, the opposite is true as well. If you reject Jesus, you are calling God a liar. Hear this. There's no such thing as a person who believes in God and rejects Jesus. There's no such thing. You don't believe God if you reject Jesus. That's what we can see from this text. Jesus is the truth about God. 
There's no way to know God, hear from God, know the truth about God apart from Jesus. So don't buy into the lie. And it's a satanic lie that people can get to God some other way. As long as they're sincere, they can get to God. It's just not true. He sent his son. And if you reject him, you're rejecting God. And verse 34 tells us why. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God. So Jesus is speaking God's words. If you reject him, you're not rejecting him only. Whenever you make a decision about Jesus, you are always, at the same time, making a decision about who God is. Always. Because everything Jesus communicates is completely and fully from God. Now, when Jesus speaks the words of God, it's different than when other people speak the word of God. Now, this book is God's word. Apostles, prophets, they all spoke, and we have it recorded here, and it's completely true. This is God's word. You can build your life on it. But what those prophets and apostles were doing was testifying, this is the one you need to listen to. This is the one through whom you can know God. This is the one that you need to submit all that you are to. Jesus is different because... He has a unique relationship to the Father. This is the third point. He has a unique relationship with the Father. Follow the logic of these verses, if you can. Verse 33, whoever receives Jesus' testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. So why are you declaring that God is true when you believe? Because he whom God has sent utters the words of God. That's why you're declaring God is true, because when you believe Jesus, he's speaking God's word. How does he do that? Because, for, he, talking about God, gives the Spirit to Jesus without measure. So the reason Jesus is always speaking God's word is because the Father gives him the Spirit without measure. So we're about to go deep. Are you ready? The Holy Spirit is a person of the Trinity. When we say Trinity, we mean the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They are one God. They're not three gods. They're not three parts of God. They are each fully God and yet distinct from each other. The Holy Spirit is a person of the Trinity, fully God, distinct from the Father, and distinct from the Son, and He is the person through whom God's power and love is communicated. The Spirit is how God has fellowship. It's always through the Spirit that the Father relates to others. If you want to relate to God, it's through the Spirit. Anytime you've ever had real connection with God in your heart where you're enjoying Him, you're knowing Him, loving Him, being known by Him, being loved by Him, it's always, always 
through the Holy Spirit. That is true of the Son as well. Except the Son has fellowship with God the Father without measure. Jesus has the Holy Spirit in full, in a way that cannot be measured. Do you see that? Without measure. So consider this. Everyone who's ever been filled with the Holy Spirit in this room, or you read the Old Testament, the New Testament, it was always in part, just a little, not in full. So imagine that you're a cup. Again, imagine you're a cup. You know how big your cup is. But God has an unending ocean of liquid to pour. How much can he fit into your cup? Not that much. A little bit. Depends on how big your cup is. Now, when he does, it's amazing. When you get any measure of the Spirit, you are relating, fellowshipping with the God of the universe. What a grace. That's promised to us. We saw that in Galatians 4, didn't we? One of the reasons Jesus came is so that we could have the Spirit that he has. But the Son of God can hold a measureless amount of the Spirit. His cup is that big. Let's think about what this means for just a second. It means a few things. Now, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit have always existed together forever, always and the Bible tells us a little bit how they relate to each other. Sometimes we think, well, all we know is that the Father's there, the Son's there, the Spirit's there. They've been there forever. We don't know anything else about how they relate. And listen, you do need to be careful when you're thinking about the Trinity because you can go off course quickly. But the Bible does tell us more, more than that, about how they relate. First, we know that the Father... God the Father is a father to God the Son. The Son is his exact image. Colossians 1.15 says that. Hebrews 1.3 says that. He comes from the Father. And you might think, well, if he comes from the Father, that means he's created. No. He has always come from the Father. Always. The Father has always been a Father. There was never a time He was not the Father, and He was always and has always been a Father to the Son. And the Son has always been a Son to the Father forever. Since He's always been coming from the Father as a Son, and because He is the exact image of His Father, He is God. That's what John 1 is arguing. That's what Colossians 1 is arguing. That's what Hebrews 1 is arguing. It's amazing. And from our passage, we know that it's the Father who initiates relationship with the Son. You have to be careful with that word initiation because you might think, well, there was a time he wasn't initiating, which is not true. He always has been. He gives the Son his spirit. Do you see that? 
And since the Son is fully God, He can receive all of the Spirit and fellowship with the Father in all His power and goodness. And they have been doing this forever. Think about your best friend or your spouse. Can you know everything about each other? Not everything. Can you completely fellowship in a way that all that you are is communicated to the other person? No. You can, you can really know things about people. You can really know each other. Husbands, you can know wives. Wives, you can know husbands. And by the way, you shouldn't keep secrets from each other. You should know each other. But even if you've been married or you've lived with someone, a best friend, for 50 years, 60 years, 70 years, you can't know everything. You can't know every thought, every emotion. All of us have deep places that are so deep we can't ever communicate them. But not the son with the father and the father with the son. They have complete fellowship with one another. He has, the Son has, he possesses the infinite, measureless spirit of God all the time and always has. And that's why John is telling us when he speaks, he speaks the very words of God. He has the entirety of the infinite spirit of God himself. The infinite spirit He has all of it, which is why he can do what no one else can. When he speaks, God is speaking. He has a unique relationship with the Father by the Spirit. And verse 35 tells us more about their relationship. Verse 35, the Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. So, For all eternity, the Father has had this image of himself, this perfect image, his Son. And he loves his Son. They have fellowshiped in the perfect fellowship of the Spirit forever. Knowing and enjoying each other forever. This is his Son. This is his boy, so to speak. He loves him. And in his love, do you know what the father wants the son to have? Everything. That's what our text says. He has given all things into his hand. The father made the world through the son and for the son. As Colossians 1.16 says, all things were created through him and... All of this was made for him. And John is saying, do you understand why you should listen to Jesus? This is his. You are his. Every molecule, every movement of history, every moment of history, it belongs to Jesus. It's his. That's why you should listen to this man. He's an eyewitness. He speaks the word of God. He has a spirit without measure. He's loved by the Father, and all of this belongs to him. That's why you should listen. And here's what's at stake. Here's what's at stake for you personally. 
as you think about listening or not listening to this son. Verse 36. Whoever believes in the son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. We've talked about this a good bit. But without Jesus, you are facing wrath. When you look down the hallway of your future, the only thing at the end is the justice of God for sins that you have committed. We all know that we're sinners. We haven't thought about God the way we should. We haven't loved Him with our whole heart, which is what He calls us to. We haven't loved the people around us. And what's waiting for us at the end of the hall is hell. And do you see that the verse says, whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. God has already declared you guilty and condemned you to death. I mean, that's the highway you're on. There's a dead end and you're approaching quickly and there's only one off-ramp. If you listen to the Son, Here's what he has to say to you. God so loves you that he gave me, his precious son, the one he's had fellowship with, measureless spirit for all eternity. And I came here, like we read at the beginning, born as a man under the law to be sacrificed like a goat like a sheep, like a lamb, in your place. He's not dying for his own sins. He's dying for yours. And what he's saying is, if you receive me, that life I have always shared with the Father, I will fold you into it. Receive me. That's what he's saying. That's the testimony of Jesus to you. Oh, please receive it. He's one with God. He's loved by God. All of this belongs to him, and he's holding out life to you. Verse 36 says, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Notice, it doesn't say whoever believes in the Son will have eternal life. It says whoever believes in the Son has it. I want you to know that unless Jesus returns very soon, your body will die. It will. None of us really want to face that fact, do we? We all want to think we're just going to keep going. Because the thought of death is so unpleasant, this is an amazing thing people can do. We just put it off. Think about that. I don't want to think about that. But it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Your body will fail you. You will get sick. You will get old, there will be some accident, and your body will die. But if you trust in Jesus, there will never be a break in your fellowship with him, ever. You will close your eyes in death and pass into the presence of Jesus Christ without any separation. And you can have him eternal life now, now. 
and the death of your body will only be a passage into a greater experience of life in him. So my plea to you is reflect. Do you know that you have this life? You can know. You can know it's yours and that your life will never be cut off even when your body dies. If you believe in Jesus, his life for you, his death in your place, all a gift. If you believe, it's yours now. So receive him. That's his testimony to you. Receive him. Let's pray. Oh, Father, thank you for your son. Your son, whom you have loved forever, whom you have fellowshiped with in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit forever. Thank you that you sent him to be cut off for us so that we might have life. Well, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to enjoy him now, even as we take the Lord's Supper, as we eat the bread and drink the juice, that we would remember you, Jesus, the greatest gift that could be given, you who have the measureless spirit and speak the words of God. Help us now. It's in your name we pray. Amen.